Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Episode 142 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. I'm back after my one-week hiatus from the pod, and in that time, the Jays went three and four. Seems like there would have been no roller coaster behind that if I didn't look at the box scores. Just no. seems like a good 500 week of baseball, or on just under 500. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Just back and forth, win one, lose one. Not like a complete wild range of emotions that was this past week. How was Las Vegas? Did you have fun? I mean, you know I had fun. Uh, the, actually, one or a few baseball-related things I did, because you're out in the Pacific time zone, and those the Jays had a couple of games that started at what would have been six something Eastern. Yeah, yeah. So that means they were like three o'clock Pacific. So when I was done all my Oilers related work for the day, I'd go saddle up at that sports bar at MGM mm-hmm. and I'd just sit back and watch the Jays game on a massive screen in front of me. It was nice. I did that for two of the Red Sox games. Not great. Did it for <laughs> one of the Pirates games. Much more fun. And since I was in Vegas, also much more profitable. Was there any talk? I mean, I'm sure there wasn't, but was there anybody there with any interest about the Las Vegas athletics? Is that a thing at all? Uh, I talked to the one cab driver I had, and I was like, oh, you guys, like Raiders, Golden Knights. I was like, oh, you're getting that baseball team. And his response was, I feel for the people of Oakland. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's that's valid. That's a normal response. That's also, nice. I've had conversations with people down there since we're on the topic of like, when you go down there, everything is Golden Knights. Like branding at the casino, Golden Knights. License plates of cars driving around. Golden Knights, cabs, Golden Knights. You don't see anything Raiders. And the reasoning that I got from someone was the Raiders moved here for profit. The Golden Knights right. started here. They're ours. They were the first team. Their they're only history is with us. No one's going to mistakenly call them the Phoenix Golden Knights or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Their only history is positive and in that city. So I do really wonder how that baseball team will do there. Like, if they get NBA, I think they need to do NBA expansion. Baseball, clearly, whatever, has a way to get there quicker than expansion. But I wonder how people react to that, especially in a sport like baseball, where I do think, again, it'll probably be a lot of traveling fans that go to those games. Can they build up, like, a diehard fan base? Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I wonder about being the fan of a team where the team moves there and how you kind of embrace it. I think it's different for Vegas because... People said for so long that professional sports would never function there. It was kind of something that was laughed off. Like, oh, you can't put a professional sports team in Vegas or all the players are going to be, you know, gambling all of their salaries away, the fans. It's going to be, you know, weird. And then the NHL just went and did it. And they were the first ones. So there's obviously going to be, 
yeah, a different amount of loyalty yeah. to the Golden Knights than there ever will be towards the Vegas Raiders, who everyone knows as the Oakland Raiders, and everybody will always know the Las Vegas Athletics as the Oakland A's too. If yeah. they if they do maintain that moniker, yeah, I wonder if they change it because I know they flipped their goal or their uh, minor league team to the aviators to like honor the aviation heritage in Vegas. I wonder if they would keep that. I also wonder how quickly they're going to make that move. Cause I know the stadium won't be ready for a few years and we debated this, but like, good Lord, did you see how many people yeah. were at a couple of those A's yeah. games this year? Yeah. They, their announced attendance on a few, I think it was like 2,700. It looked like less than that. It looked like a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It was um, like, it was, it was, it was less than back in 2020 or 2021 when they first started letting like, really yeah. small pockets of fans go in after COVID. And it was like, hey, here's like 500 people that work on the front lines. It looked like that. I'm checking. When do the Jays go there? They don't go there till September. Oh, yeah. If you ever wanted to sit up close and personal for a Jays game, you might be one of the eight people in attendance when they are out of it post-deadline in Oakland. Uh, the, the A's are out of it, that is. like There might be 20 people there, maybe. I feel bad for those fans, man. That yeah. sucks. That sucks. That is, uh, having having spent the early years of my childhood thinking the Oilers were going to relocate mostly every year. Yeah, I definitely feel uh, for for fans of the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, I really want to see. Uh, I want to see what their like announced attendance is on some games. It'd be, I'm sure it's insane. Anyways, let's get to the Jays, Coombsy. <laughs> that is why the people are here. It is Blue Jays Nation Radio, and the Jays were living good. Usually, we'd be cracking beers when they sweep. They take three in a row from the Pirates, and I'll start with this before we get into three up, three down. If you would have told me beginning of the season, hey, the Jays are going to sweep the Pirates in May, I would have been like, thank God you better sweep the Pirates. But this Pirates team this year has been not even respectable, Coombsy. They're still, despite getting swept, still leading the NL Central. This was an impressive sweep. It was. I mean, I, I don't think I would. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of half and half when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Like you said, when you looked at this two months ago and you saw it, before the season even started, you'd be like, oh yeah, there's the Pirates, three easy wins, just like it was last year in August, early September, whatever yeah. it was. And then the Pirates got to an amazing start. I mean, they were 20-8 and eight after winning both <laughs> games against the Washington Nationals in a doubleheader, and then they lost a game to Washington on the 30th of April, and they have not won since. Seven were, in a row, yeah. Yeah, they were swept by the A's, swept now by the Blue Jays, and they're still 20-15, and 15, but... I'm not sure if that's a testament. Like, I'm going back and looking at the teams they did beat, and I mean, hey, look, like, they swept the Boston Red Sox, and the Jays had a hard time with the Red Sox. So it's Boy, not all, yeah. like, it's not all easy wins for um, Pittsburgh. They have ones here against the Dodgers. Um, St. Louis? No, St. Louis is bad. I'm looking for ways to yeah. explain that the Pirates are actually good, but I'm not sure if I'm coming to that conclusion. They're kind of mid, but hey, the Jays got the job done. They that's did. What matters. They have a 571 winning percentage now, the Pirates, that is, and that leads the NL Central. It would put them fifth in the AL East. That is the most irritating thing going on in baseball right now. We'll touch on that a little bit later, but let's get into our three ups from this sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Every pitcher, it feels like, in the last three weeks has tossed a gem at some point. Chris Bassett did it again. Seven innings pitched, only four hits, four walks, no earned runs. Game one of a series. You just came off getting your wheels beaten off by the Red Sox to have a bullpen saving performance from Chris Bassett in game one. That was the best part for me. Yeah, that was huge and very badly needed because the Jays went on the five game losing streak. There was the one loss in Seattle uh, against Seattle that started off with Bassett. He got 
lit up in the first inning because of that terrible call, and then he's yeah. fine the rest of the way. But in that Boston series, it was pretty much everyone in the Blue Jays rotation was getting lit up, including Kevin Gosman in the last game. And that's the one we kind of looked at, and you're like, all right, if there's going to be a one guaranteed win against Boston, it's here at the very end, getaway day, Kevin Gosman starting, you know, the bullpen will get a rest today, that's fine. He winds up getting lit up. And then Chris Bassett comes out in the first game against Pittsburgh. All the relievers are burnt out. And you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, man, if Chris Bassett has a short start, then things can go to hell really quickly here because who's going to mop up this mess? There's there's no one to do it. And he winds up going seven innings and scatters only four hits and four walks, doesn't allow a single earned run, strikes out five. Honestly, probably one of, if not the most important start a Blue Jays starter has put together this year. It was huge, and it set the tone for the rest of that series because then the bullpen's nice and rested as they roll into game two against the Pirates. They win that one by a score of eight to two as well. So, yeah, Chris Bassett absolutely set the table. And then you look as well at, you know, who they used in that next game after Kikuchi. You could use Garcia. You could use Romano. And again, the score reads 10-1. You're like, okay, that game was out of reach. It was 4-1 going into the ninth. Like in the in the seventh and eighth, like there were some big innings that had to be kind of eaten up there as well. So the Bassett start set the tone for the series. It gets our first up. And I think we could just actually staying with the first up. We'll just keep giving love to pitchers here before we move sure. on to some bats because Barrios was great. Kikuchi she kept rolling as well both those guys pitched into the seventh inning again yeah I mean that's that's pretty much been the key for the Blue Jays when things are going really well it's when those two guys are going well when <laughs> when when you say Kikuchi and Jose Barrios who are technically your number four and your number five if they're pitching well then the team's killing it and I mean look at you say Kikuchi his ERA is all the way down at 3.35 and we're what what's it been seven starts now in the season yeah like, like we're a quarter of the way through Really? Yeah, uh, maybe like, a little under that, but still. But it's it's not like a small sample. Yeah, no, it's not it's not the support. first two starts of the season. Yeah. He's got a three point three five ERA. It's really only been one or two bad starts the yeah. whole way. There was the one against the Angels, and then his last start there in Boston wasn't good either. But it's been significantly more good than bad. And I think if we said at the beginning of the season with those two guys, if like half of their starts were good, yeah, then the Jays would be golden. And it's been more than half the starts for Kikuchi and Barrios that have been good yeah. thus far. Or between, sorry, a quarter and a fifth of the way through the season, I should have said. My on-the-fly math is uh, not the best, but Barrios, or sorry, Kikuchi as well. Like, the lack of walks. That's been the craziest part to me. Like, again, a Kikuchi bounce back this year, if you would have told me to predict it, I would have been like, hey, he gets the strikeout pitch moving and the home run ball thing kind of regresses, right? And he stops giving up the long ball. I didn't see this guy finding the control that he has the way he has. He looks completely different than last year, like completely different. Like at least with Barrios, you're watching it and you can still kind of see the same pitcher have a good versus a bad start. Uh But when you look back and I mean, you you look back at clips of Kikuchi pitching last season and it looks like he didn't know where the strike zone was. (laughs) It looked like he would just wind up and have no idea where the ball was going. And it was just, we'll see what happens. And this year it looks like, you know, it's, it's just the stuff is taking over. He's thinking about it less. He's rearing back. And just using his arm, he's a lefty pitcher who throws a wicked fastball. He has really good stuff. If you just trust it, good things are going to happen. And that's what we've seen this year. He looks completely different on the mound. And he had a great quote after the game. He said, I was disappointed last year, but I'm using that disappointment as fuel this year. So, I mean, like, we all sat here and watched him get lit up in every single start last year after signing a three-year, $36 million deal. And, I mean, as much as it sucks to watch, imagine being the guy on the mound 
doing that. Yeah, like all of us, we watch it, we get irritated or pissed off, or maybe you feel for the guy. Then you go on with your life. Like that dude's got to fall asleep yeah. at light at night. You know, every every five days, every week, or whatever it is, coming and just not being able to throw strikes, looking like just looking bad on the mound yeah. in front of everybody, and, and it's it's and he's just kind of used that to manifest himself into a significantly better pitcher this year and i'll always say this too and i know this was a part of our narrative in this or in the winter leading into this season we have seen athletes struggle and it goes sideways right they're pissed off at whatever they find excuses go on go on you say kikuchi last year volunteered to to say hey i'm gonna go down Mm -hmm. like if you want to put me down i'll do it to work on my game like it always felt like he did kind of have that mindset of like i'm not just gonna take my money bitch and moan and go home yeah he always felt like he wanted to figure it out. And that's part of the reason why I think so many Jays fans were rooting for the guy coming into this season. Yeah, that's, what, that's, that's the thing with both of them, both both Kikuchi and Brios is neither one of them made it into a distraction or mm. made it negative or complained or blamed somebody else. They just came back the next year, put their head down and have improved. And that's what everybody wants to say. Yep. Uh, all right. Moving away from the three guys who gave him great starts. I mean, you just look back at the stat line against the Red Sox in four games. They gave up 13, 32 runs, three games against the pirates. They gave up three runs. That is, that's quite, weird. That's quite the difference. That's strange. Like I'm aware that the Red Sox are a good hitting team, but that series felt, that series felt fucked. Yeah, like I know you broke it down obviously with Zach and Gavin on the last episode, but I mean, uh, Look at the weather that was—I think it was the first time they played an outdoor series this season in a place that was really wet and cold. Yeah, because they were wearing the sleeves and the yeah. you know, whatever. But it, 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 it just felt like wow, you, there was a strange vibe in that series. And you get a big hit in games one and two, and you know, like they lost those games by one run. Like you view that series entirely differently if you split it two two. But you're right; it just felt like, especially after losing those two close games, it was like shit. How are they going to do here? And yeah, we saw it in the last two. Um, up next, second up. Coombsy, it feels like just yesterday we were sitting here <laughs> on the same coach we're on right now, and we were like, you know, it's probably a shot they DFA Brandon Belt at some point. But he's finding his game. All credit to him. He had a big second game uh, of the series, drove in some runs, went three for four. He's maybe starting to find his groove here. Yeah, so he goes five for seven with three doubles in the series, and that was huge because we'll touch on this later as our pretty much our one or one down or whatever we have that – uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is dealing with a wrist injury and they needed somebody at the bottom of the order to come through. Brandon Belt did exactly that. And I mean, just like you said, there was... Things looked really rough for him there for a while. There was instances, I think he was coming up to bat against a right-handed relief pitcher and they pinch hit him for Alejandro Kirk, a right-handed hitter. So Brandon Belt's supposed to be your big lefty bat that, you know, in, in a situation where there's a right-handed pitcher pitching, a reliever, then he's going to come off the bench and hit for somebody. But mm-hmm. what happened there is the exact opposite, and he's literally being hit for against who he's supposed to be hitting. <laughs> and when when he's not making his way into the lineup against right-handers, you're kind of wondering, like, oh, man, like, how long are they going to let this experiment go? Like, did his agent feed the team a completely rotten bag of goods in the offseason, or what's going on here? Because he looked totally lost at the plate for <laughs> most of the season. But in this Pittsburgh series, there's some reason for optimism. He had some really good at-bats, and now all of a sudden his batting average is up to two two five, and his OPS is six ninety seven. It's not that bad. It, it, it rocketed up pretty quick because I remember like it seemed like every at bat he had his, his average was below 100 and then all of a sudden it's just ripped back up. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting to see his kind of bounce back. And yeah, I didn't I knew we were saving it for the down part of this, but it is the only down. It's the Vladdy wrist injury. So the belt resurgence is coming at a good time. 
just make sure Vladdy's right. Yeah, that'd be ideal. That that that's the one down we had is that in the third inning of Friday's game, Vladdy hit a pop fly. So that would have been his second at bat in the game. Mm-hmm. And then he said on Saturday that he felt some discomfort with that wrist throughout the rest of the game and then woke up saying, okay, I better get this checked out. Went to the batting cages on Saturday, decided he wasn't good to go, got late scratched for that game. And then was also scratched from the Sunday game yeah. with the same thing. He spoke on uh, Sunday evening or Monday morning with Shai Davidi, whatever it was, and said the hope with taking three days off like this is to get it right like once and for all. Because last year he dealt with a nagging wrist injury that I think started in late May. He missed a game. I think when they were out in L.A. playing the Angels, yeah. he missed a game or maybe two dealing with a wrist injury. And it did kind of feel like he never really found his best groove that season. I'm not sure if it is a result of a thing that nagged for the entire season, but I don't know. When you're a power hitter, you obviously don't want to be dealing with a wrist injury, right? And he said it was also affecting his forearm, so this could become a bigger thing. Hopefully not. So with only two games against the Phillies, road games, bookended with days off, why would you not just sit him for these Philly games? Brandon Belt's hitting good. You're not going to lose a lot. You have good depth on this team. I wouldn't play him against Philly. Even if he goes, I'm good, I'd say, no, no, let's make sure you're 100. Yeah, because you look Not at... Not 99. Yeah, you look at you look at the body of work this guy's had, and I mean, pretty much since coming up, he's played every day. I don't, I don't think Vladdy's gone on the injured list once in his career. In 2020, plays all 60 games during the shortened pandemic season. 2021, he appears in 161 games last year, 160. This year, he's just missed those couple of games. Like, that's a that's a long stretch for a guy to play every single day. So, I mean, it's a long season, man. It's a marathon, and the Jays have gotten off to a really good start, so they can afford themselves some room for error. Maybe you're right, and maybe it isn't the worst idea to just stash him on the ten day injured list here, date it back retroactively to Saturday, and you know, get it right. Yeah, I, I think you do without the like if he says or if he's starting to feel good, I would just. Not even IL. I'll just say, hey, look, we're going to be extra cautious with this. He'll play Friday when we return home to Atlanta. Even let him fly home early if you want it to. Keep him on the roster. Who cares? Yeah, I guess. Like, just give him the time off. Like, you'll survive two games against the Phillies. Yeah, I, I know every win's important, but. Whatever it is, whether it's injured list, whether yeah. it's setting these games, yeah, I think it would make sense. I, I wouldn't want to mess around and risk. Because the lineup doesn't have the same depth this year than it has in the past. This, this lineup, I think, is um, an injury to Bauer Vlad or Matt Chapman away from yep. looking very thin. Not very thin. Not like, you know, Billy McKinney and Brandon Drury batting, you know, in the top three or four huh. kind of 2018. You, you talk, you're talking smack about all-star Brandon Drury <laughs> over yeah, all-star there? all-star Brandon Drury, of course. Um, yeah, it's not it's not like that, but, you know, it's not the, not the 2015 Jays. It's not the 2021 Jays, so... I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into it a bit too much, but I, I get anxious over these nagging injuries. It always feels like these are things that plague the team. Yeah, fair. Uh, all right. Our third up for this series, number one, being the starting pitching. Two, Brandon Belt finding his groove at an opportune time. Number three, one, I'm going to give an honorable mention to George Springer, who we know has been fighting it throughout this season here, that batting average down in the low 200s. He got a hit in every game this series. He hit that big dinger to start. Feels like George is maybe going in the right direction here. He also got on base three of his four plate appearances uh, on in game two as well. Or sorry, four of his, three of his six plate appearances. Blech, they hit a lot in that game. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I was ready yet to hit the panic button when it comes to George Springer. But you also you look at the numbers and you look at the age. He's 33 years old. I mean, this guy's played a lot of baseball. So the decline 
yeah, maybe it's going to come eventually, but I don't think we're there just yet. I think it's a slow start, a cold start. I do think he'll come around. I'm not, yeah, I'm not anxious about it whatsoever, but I do agree. It is, it is nice to see him hit because every once Slowly, in a while, yeah. yeah, every once in a while, those thoughts creep in. You're like, oh man, like you know, you 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 see players in their 30s have steep yep. steep declines that just come out of nowhere. So the other thing with Springer and or is. Even if he has a slow regular season, I would still be so confident in that guy giving us big moments in the playoffs. For sure. Like, right? Yeah, That's a stretch. big reason why you were comfortable giving him that contract. Yeah, even if he has like a, a ho-hum season, I do feel like come September, there'll be huge yeah. moments. Come October, there'll be huge moments as well. All right. Uh, this is our third up. Again, we're waiting for Springer to get red hot coming out of his slump because mm-hmm. we see that with good to great hitters is when they're slow, you know there is a peak coming that vastly outweighs it. Dalton Varsho is on that roll right now. You look at how hard he struggled early in the year, and then that walk-off hit seemed to really get the ball rolling. He has been on fire. In his last seven games, he is batting 393. He's got three home runs in that span as well. He is homering more than once in every 10 at-bats over the last week, and that ball he hit it was historic as you pulled up. Yeah, it was uh, according to Mitch Bannon on Twitter. Varsho was the first blue Jay to dunk a Homer into the Allegheny river, according to pirates PR. So he hit the ball out of the stadium and into the water right behind. Uh, I'm not familiar with Pittsburgh. I haven't been, so I don't really know the geography of this at all, but whenever you hit a ball out of a ballpark and it lands in the water, you always think about San Francisco where you have those guys out in their kayaks and they go and grab the ball. That's always cool as fuck. When the anytime ball lands you in the water. anytime you hit a ball into a spot and the other team's PR goes, oh <laughs> shit, that's never happened before. That's nice of them. Yeah, though. yeah, it is nice. Because usually, like, I, I always think back to um, that game at Fenway. It was like I don't know, 2018, 2019, back when they were bad. Rowdy Telez hits a home run so far out to deep center field, and um, the original report was that it was the longest home run at Fenway Park history. But then the, the Red Sox PR group was like, no, 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 it didn't actually land here. It wasn't as long as this other one. And it didn't really feel accurate. It felt like they were lying. Speaking of which, did you see the Texas Rangers? This is old news. They put a plaque in their stadium where Aaron Judge hit that home run ball last year to set the record. That's embarrassing. That's wildly embarrassing. What? What? Like, what? He doesn't play for the team. Imagine being a fan with season tickets right there. You're celebrating the other team's accomplishments. Like, what is that? Imagine the Jays put up like, (laughs) put up some black for the 2015 Kansas City Royals. It's like, (laughs) great job, Royals. Here's where the Seattle Mariners pulled off an 8-1 comeback in the fucking wild card round. Oh, no. Just have all these plaques around. Look at all the history that we've witnessed here of other teams spanking us on the ass. The The Rangers are an embarrassing organization. They've never won fuck all, and that's why they have to celebrate random shit like this. All right, we, boy, I didn't expect you to get that fired up about that. Uh, we're going to go around the league and we're also going to get set for a quick series against the Phillies. But first, we're going to step aside for a quick break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, Coomzy, uh, before we get into uh, some stories from around baseball and into the upcoming series for the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, let's take a look at how the rest of the American League East did over the weekend. The Rays are 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're moving along just fine. The Orioles did drop back-to-back games uh, to end their weekend, which times up nicely with the Jays' three-game streak. But the narrative that we'll be running all year is that all five teams in the AL East are... I mean, you could maybe make this argument... Are all five teams in the AL East better than every other team in the American League? BK put a really good note on Twitter uh, last night, and he pointed out that the Jays are in a tie for fourth in Major League Baseball. All 30 teams with a 21-14 and 14 record. They're tied with the LA Dodgers. But the fourth best record in Major League Baseball, they're in third in their own division. Tampa, Baltimore are ahead of them. The only team in that's non-AL East team ahead of the Jays in the Major League Baseball standings is the Atlanta Braves at 24 and 11. That's annoying. The only one. So I think you can pretty realistically make the argument. I think New York's better than they've shown so far. The Red Sox are a perfectly yep. fine team. All five of these teams are playoff caliber. All five of them are. Yep. For sure. That is. They should. Uh, what they should do is just allow all five American League East teams to make the playoffs and have the Central and the West play for the one last wild card spot. So Houston or Texas or Seattle, nobody from the Central should even be in this mix. I'll be honest with you. It should just be one of the teams from the West. The Central should be barred from the discussion. There should be no Cleveland, no White Sox, no Detroit, Minnesota. The best team in that division is Mini at 19-16. They are one game clear of the Yankees. And they have that record when facing teams like Kansas City and Detroit, the White Sox, over and over and over again. Kansas City Royals, are they the only team? Them and the A's are the only teams to not hit double-digit wins so far this year. The Cardinals Ugly. are all the way down there, man. That's the third worst team in baseball right now is the Cardinals, who I, I thought after that opening opening weekend series looked quite good. They're eleven and twenty-four. I didn't expect that. <laughs> you know like, that you know what I just looked up? The Oakland A's attendance this year. Uh-oh. They've had six games below five thousand. So they're averaging less fans than the Phoenix Coyotes. And the Phoenix Coyotes are selling out that barn. <laughs> Let that their, be known. In their minor league. Uh, all right. Uh, some other stories. Uh, Matt Chapman came out and talked a little bit about his mindset heading into free agency this year. This was a story that came out from the series in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, it's a career year. It's tales old as time. Guy's about to hit free agency, decides to pop off and become a way better version of himself. But what stood out to you from what Chapman kind of had to say? I don't know. I don't I don't think there's really all too much to look at here. I think pretty much the thing to take from this is don't expect them to do anything in regards to a contract extension during the season. Yeah. He's he's saying here both parties want to make something happen, but right now I'm focused on baseball and focused on winning and if they want to talk it's got to be with Scott Boris. I think Scott Boris, we all know what kind of agent he is. He's going to ride this 
career high into the offseason. He's going to have teams bidding against each other, especially if a team like the Yankees, you know, they they have a ho-hum season. They don't win the division. Their offense isn't that great outside of Aaron Judge. There's going to be all kinds of talk about him signing um, in New York, and just, there's, there's going to be teams bidding with each other. I, I'd be shocked if there was a contract extension between the two teams, though he does say both sides are open to it. But again, during the season, I don't see it. And it like again, yeah, he says both sides are open to it. If you're Matt Chapman, you are having a borderline MVP start to this season. Why would you not want to play that out? Why yeah. would you lock into something now? Because if you win MVP, you're getting more money. Or if you're a nominee, a finalist, and if you're the Jays, why would you want to sign this guy right now at what could yeah. be the peak of his value when you probably have to pay him like he's an MVP? It doesn't make a ton of sense for either no. side to do it right now. Uh, one guy who is more than likely hitting the open market is Shohei Otani. And ESPN had a really cool piece up kind of having some of their panelists, I think they had 26 of them, talk about the way this Otani thing could play out. One of the debates, does he chase the $60 million AAV or does he chase $600 million total over a very long-term deal? Um, boy, isn't that a question? Right. I, what are we doing? I just opened up this article, and, and what the thing is, is I think they've gotten uh, like 26 or 25 yeah. insiders. to. Yeah, they pulled 26 MLB executive agents and insiders to find out what this deal is going to look like, where they think he's going to go, and I did a command <laughs> F search and i searched blue jays jays in toronto and not a single person predicted that Shohei otani will wind up signing and becoming a blue jay unfortunately it's a whole lot of la dodgers it's some san diego padres mets yeah the the expectation mets yankees red sox teams like that the expectation is that he's going to remain out west and the sensible thing then, I think, would be the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers, he doesn't have to move. He's already in L.A. The Dodgers are actually good. The Angels are not. Um, I think coming out east is a pipe dream. I think Seattle makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Seattle definitely makes a lot of sense, too. There's obviously his um, one of his idols, favorite players growing up, of course, was Ichiro, yeah. who pretty much became like the first, the first real true Japanese superstar to play in the United States with yep. the Mariners. So it would make a lot of sense for Otani to go there, maybe win a ring, win some awards, do that whole thing. I'd, I'd be shocked if he came out east, to be honest with you. I would be too. Like, as much as I'd love the story, I think, you know, maybe you get him at the deadline and you yeah. get your few months of Otani there. And I'd still do it, though. I'd still, I'd still, I'd still make yep. a trade for a playoff run, even if he doesn't resign. Yeah. And even just to have that player like, be, be so a part sick. of your franchise would be wild. It'd be so um, cool. They did mention like the Texas Rangers and the Chicago Cubs in that article as well as suitors the Giants would make sense being on that coast and you know they're probably horny to spend after missing out on for Judge. Sure. So I could see the Giants being in the mix for Otani as well. But you also never know. Like he might sit there and go, Okay, I did the thing playing on the coast, right? Like that we knew that was important for him because of the location. Maybe he sits there and goes, Okay, the first part of my career I did that, I'm established. I want to win. And I do think that could be a big part of his motivation. Remember, this is a guy who, if he would have waited one more year to come over, could have gotten the mega deal before even playing a Major League Baseball game. Maybe he does sit there and go, I want to win, and that's it. And maybe he would look at a team like Toronto favorably. But again, if no insiders are saying it, it's kind of just us. He signs signs like a 90-year, $5 million a deal year with the Tampa Bay Rays wins World Series after World Series after World Series and everyone's like with a bunch of scrubs which is the most random player signs a a forever contract the Rays are paying out his family for generations the old Bobby Benilla exactly yeah Uh, all right two coming up for the Jays against the Phillies Coombsy actually if you're a pitching nerd 
these are two games you won't want to miss. Manoa versus Nola, Gosman versus Wheeler. Hello. Yeah, this is uh, it. It it looks like um, it basically looks like the beginning of a playoff series. But then you look at how pretty much all these guys are pitching. We all know Alec Manoa hasn't had the start to his season that we would have accepted. And then you look at Aaron Nola here. He has a four point six seven ERA. Zach Wheeler is at four point two six. And the the peripheral numbers for Wheeler are fantastic. His FIP is four point or two point four six here, so that's just underachieving batted ball luck. Nola's FIP's up there at four point zero three, kind of ho hum. But yeah, these both could be yeah, these could be gems. These could be real pitcher duels. But those those Philly guys, the whole Phillies in general, haven't been that great. They did there. just get Bryce Harper back though. True, so that's, that's a big shocking. Boost. That's insane. How is he already back? He had Tommy John surgery, did not. Yeah, he did, and he recovered. There's been articles written about like, yeah, that is insane. Uh, also, pitching wise, I think they're lined up to get Spencer Strider over the weekend against Atlanta too. Great. There's some tough tests coming for the Blue Jays, and this Phillies team, like you said, underwhelming, but they're getting healthier, and some of those arms are maybe due to start putting in some good starts. So this is going to be a big one as the Jays look to extend their winning streak to four and then five, and look to finish off the sweep of not the state of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I'm also looking at the schedule. So you mentioned the Atlanta one there, and then it's the Yankees for four, and then the Orioles, and then Tampa. Two days off this week on the 8th and 11th of May. Ooh. Don't get another day off until the 29th. So they will play like 18 games in a row after this. The worst the worst team they're meeting here in the next little while is Minnesota, who I just said is really bad, and I hope that doesn't come out to haunt me. But they're also leading their division. So yes. again, 18 <clears throat> straight games. You get the Braves, one of the best teams in baseball. Yankees, always a problem. Orioles having a good year. Rays leading the division. Twins leading their division. It's tough. It's tough. Man. Yeah, the only the only team they face yeah. here for the rest of May that's under five hundred is the Phillies, who went to the World Series last year. Brutal, man. Cool. Brutal. Cool. Well, here's to hoping for two dubs, and then we're back on Thursday to break it all down, Coombsy. It'd be nice to chat about a team on a five game heater. That's going to be a wrap on this edition of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Leave a review, whether you're on Spotify or Apple, and tune in Thursday as we recap the series against the Phillies, Coomsey. Best wishes.